This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas. The games are coming thick and fast, so we are previewing this game against Oxford a little bit early. So we're recording before the, the Christmas break, as you as you wish. Um, we've got Jack from T-Manor Podcast joining us today, Jack Schumark. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, yeah, we're in that funny period, aren't we, where there's lots of football to talk about, but we've got to squeeze it in all together before Christmas. So, yeah, it's a bit busy for everyone. That's exactly it. And at time of recording, Oxford find themselves in third place. I'm sure you'll be hoping that stays that way over the, the next uh, next couple of games, Jack. It's been some start for, for Oxford. Obviously, we're going to go into a bit more detail and, and find out what's gone right this season. Finishing 19th last season. I mean, is this a surprise for you? I think... Is it a surprise? I think I'm surprised that we're in the mix kind of this early. I know we're almost halfway through the season now, but we I'm surprised we started so well. I think everyone was expecting the kind of transition from Carl Robinson into Liam Manning um, to take a bit longer. Obviously, that's all been kind of blown out of the water now with Liam Manning leaving about a month ago. But, um, yeah, pleasantly surprised. I think last season was awful. Um, There's kind of a natural passing of the ways of Carl Robinson. I think when a manager's been at a club for four or five years, it does kind of go stale. You see that everywhere, even at the top level. Um, but I think most most fans are probably surprised that we hit the ground running so much this season. There's a big transition period in the summer um, in terms of tr players coming in, players going out, but it, it seemed to gel quite quickly. So, yeah, to be third, headed into the kind of Christmas period, I think we'd have snapped your hands off in the summer. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, we'll, we'll get on to talk about current manager, previous manager, everything like that. Um, but for you, uh, what led you to that position where Manning was, obviously Manning's gone on to, to Bristol, uh, Bristol City, but... What was the football? What was the football he was playing? What was his kind of methodology? Why was it getting a, a I guess, a, a beat out of this squad and and the the club itself? I think he just changed a few things. So we, we changed our goalkeeper um, Simon Eastwood, who was basically ever present last year, but is kind of a he's what mid thirties now, so he's probably more of an old school keeper. Um, Signed James Beadle on loan from Brighton, who for for me and I think most Oxford fans would agree he will play for England. Um, he's your kind of modern young keeper, 
uh, really good ball at feet, good distribution, but he's also a brilliant shot stopper. And there's not many of those keepers about now who can do kind of everything. And he's, I think he's 19, 18, 19. He's had call-ups for the 21s already. So we do play from the back um, too much at times, but I think that's part of the modern game now. You have to kind of accept that. But yeah, Manning just came in and he's slowly um, kind of put his style onto the team. He's got a tune, or he got a tune out of Marcus McGrain in midfield. Um, signed players like Ruben Rodriguez, um, players like Greg Lee and Carl Edwards on loan from Ipswich. So he identified quickly what he wanted and he got a lot of his business done. Whereas in previous transfer windows, we've been scrabbling about on the last day, kind of looking for something to fall in our favour. Whereas, you know, we went into pre-season pretty set. And actually, I think that's probably benefited us because they gelled quite quickly and the start we had um, kind of proved that. Yeah. And you said at the top of the show, obviously, he's moved on to Parshish New. You've now got Des Buckingham, who grew up in Oxford, came through your academy. So he's got those close links to the club. Saw a couple of articles that suggested that he was the perfect fit for that position. How has it started for, for Des? Um, it's been mixed. I think there was a there was a big fanfare because he's an Oxford fan. You know, his first interview, he talked about going to our old ground with his nan on the back of a mobility scooter and you know, season ticket holder, worked for the club before. So I think that kind of builds up that optimism within the fan base. Um, realistically, he walked into a squad that was probably a bit shell-shocked, having been put together by a previous manager who basically sacked it off in favour of more money within eight months. Um, so he kind of walked into probably quite a difficult position because the players were, you know, trying to get their heads around what had just happened. I think his first game was Cheltenham away, who have picked up after their horrendous start to the season. So he was kind of onto a, you know, a, a non-starter there that he was expected to win it. If we had won it, then there wouldn't have been any plaudits. Because we lost it, it kind of pressed the panic button a little bit in some places. I think football fans are very quick to jump on failure these days. Um, you know, one, losing one match under a manager isn't failure at all, but some people were trying to paint it as that. Um I think we've just slowly seen over, I think it's seven games now in, in League and Cup, we've seen him start to just tweak things a little bit. Um, he's very much out of the Liam Manning mould. They both came through the City group and they like to play kind of the, the passing style football. But we're starting to see Buckingham now. He wants to get the ball wide quicker. Um, and he made a tweak against Burson on Saturday. So to be fair, we struggled to create a lot of chances all season. At the start of the season, we were scoring, you know, most of our chances, but we weren't creating a lot. Um, towards the back end of Manning's kind of tenure, we were starting to stop scoring. And then at the beginning of Buckingham, we stopped scoring and stopped creating. Um, mm. But he tweaked something against Burton last week and we scored three and created a lot more. So, it's, it's you know, it's whenever you have a new manager come in, you, you kind of tweak things slowly. And, and that's what we've seen really over seven games. Yeah, and I guess you'll be hoping that he can continue Manning's good work here. But I guess it's one of those situations when you do get a new manager, of course, you know, you're looking at the table and thinking, yeah, we want to kind of stay there. Um, but you don't really know if, if you know, that manager can get the, the same results out of out of the, the team. Like you said, there, there's that kind of feeling of being a bit shell-shocked at, at him kind of moving on, him being, being Liam Manning. What's kind of the aspirations amongst the fan base now then? Is it a case of we would love to stay where we are? If I if I gave you playoffs now, would you take it? What, what's kind of your thoughts on that? 
it's always a difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, you roll back to late July and everyone's excited about the season starting. And like on our own podcast, I think uh, most of us said we'll probably flirt with the playoffs and may get in them, probably need some of the kind of um, other teams you'd expect to be up there to have poorer, poorer seasons. Now you roll it in, you sit third um, and you think, oh, blimey, actually there's an opportunity here to, you know, not just flirt with the playoffs, but well and truly sit sit in them. Um, I think realistically, we I'm one of those people who tries to be realistic as much as you can be as a football fan and you go, we're still only six months or so since the end of last season where we finished 19th. Like this has been a pretty speedy transition into a club looking upwards rather than behind them. So, yeah, I think if you offered me playoffs now, I'd absolutely snap your hand off. Um, I think with kind of in, more international breaks in March, etc., the table will get a bit confusing with games in hand, etc., etc. So, yeah, I think we, we'd be happy with the playoffs. And if, you know, if we stay with a reasonable sniff of automatics, you know, we're not going to turn that down at all because from where we were in April and May, this is a different football club. Yeah, for sure. And I guess we always talk on the podcast about how it's the the weakest league it's probably ever been, um, League One this season. And I think back to last season, I I look at Plymouth and and for whatever reason, I just thought they'd fall away, but they stayed uh, stayed around. And I think if you can can stick around after Christmas, if you can get to kind of late January and still be there, you've got every chance of of kind of finishing in the place where where you kind of want to be. I guess for you is the worry with losing your manager to a championship team. Do you feel that the the kind of the I guess the vultures are going to come and and maybe look at the likes of Rodriguez at the likes of Brannigan? Potentially, although I mean Rodriguez has been in the building for what twenty one league games. Um, he's already jumped kind of two levels. He's on a long term contract, so you'd think there's quite a big fee there to take him away this early. Um, Brannigan, I mean, the number of times Cameron Brannigan's been linked to about 100 clubs every transfer window's kind of gone on for four or five years now. We're probably in the best position, but we are in the best position we've been at this stage of a season um, while he's been at our football club. So if he's turned down moves previously and signed a new contract, why would he go now kind of thing when he's got the chance to you know, kick on with what one point off second place with half a season to go. Um, so I think it would take big, big money for the club even to entertain offers. I think the biggest risk is some of our loanees being recalled and sent to the league above. So I've mentioned Beadle, the keeper already. Um, but we've got Finn Stevens, who's a fullback on loan from Brentford. They might want to put him into the championship. I think that's the thing now with season long loans, clubs. You know, the the old days of having a player for 46 games is not guaranteed anymore. So I think the bigger risks are some of the loanees being recalled in January. Um, I think, to be honest, the, the biggest thing for us is actually improving the squad further. Um, everyone wants a striker, but we are screaming out for a striker. You know, not many clubs who are third say that, but we need a goal-scoring striker because there's not one in the building at the moment. Yeah, and your top scorer is actually Rodriguez in in the league, I believe. Um, I mean, he's a player that at the beginning of the season, I think everyone was linked with him, weren't weren't they? Mm-hmm. And he was he was kind of the the hot prospect coming up from from Notts County. 
ended up coming through at, at Oxford. Have, have you been, you know, impressed with him over the course of those 21 games? Yeah, he's definitely grown into it. I think someone with the kind of stats he had for not just one season at Notts County, but two or three in both goals and assists, you know, the conference is the level it is, but he shone in that league. So probably weren't surprised that he did take a kind of two league step up. Um, I think he's taken a bit of time to get used to League One football. You know, he's only played in England for kind of the three seasons with Notts County and it was in non-league. Um, he he frustrates. I think he's the classic kind of European flair player that he does frustrate, gives the ball away occasionally and gets a bit ratty. Like he's had a couple of ridiculous yellow cards for descent and he you know got sent off for a double booking for kind of unnecessary things. But his output is really starting to come through. He doesn't score tap-ins either. All his goals have been really good. Um, we look a better team when he's playing. He moves the ball on a lot. He can get into space. Um, he's a really exciting player. And I think it's almost a shame for him that he's kind of 26, 27, because if he was five years younger, I think he'd probably have a chance of you know making a step to the Premier League by the time he was the age he now is. And that kind of weird example. But um, yeah, he was a massive signing for us in the summer. I think we beat a lot of clubs to him and I think he'll be, you know, key to us continuing to do well. Yeah, you always you always wonder who was actually in for him because how many teams that were, you know, that all these teams that were rumored to be in in for him, how many actually were were in and had something on the table for him. But yeah, I, I was quite surprised, if I'm honest, that he, he went to Oxford with some of the names. And I know, obviously, you can't believe all rumours in, in football. But um, yeah, I was quite surprised that he ended up at Oxford. And it, it looks like it's a, a good fit for him so far. Just want to talk to you about the previous fixture. We talked about it before we came on air. Obviously, you beat us at, at Pride Park. Um, it was, I guess, a, a topsy-turvy start for us, obviously, losing to uh, to Wigan and then couple of weeks later losing to to uh to oxford looking back at that game what what were your thoughts on on that game why did you get the win um i think we turned up and derby didn't ultimately um i remember uh i i, I actually live in derby so my colleagues are all derby's he's ticket holders and the next day i kind of walked in and you, you break down the game as you do i just said for me that was a very paul warn-esque performance that Rotherham had seen countless times and um, that would probably be the the lowest of the low in that sense. It's not surprised me that Derby have picked up at all. Um, it does mirror his kind of Rotherham team quite a lot. But I think we just did the, we did the things we can do well, well on the day. And I think we dominated the midfield. Um, we kind of played a little bit on the break. I know the second goal we, we discussed before we came on and it was kind of a breakaway, um, good finish. Just I think the irony in all of it, we we walked away as Oxford fans with Mark Harris scoring twice, thinking, right, we've got ourselves a good one here. And then he hasn't scored since. And we're, what, 19 games further down the down the uh, the fixture list. So, yeah, I think that was a good performance where everything clicked. Um, I think, weirdly to say this, because as you say, we are third, but we haven't seen many 90-minute performances this season. It is in dribs and drabs. Probably reflects our playing style and the players we've got, really. They're, they're not going to be consistently on their game for 90 minutes. But, yeah, at Pride Park, I thought we just... We we won all the battles that we had to win, I think. Um, bit of a nervy last 10 minutes or so after the that, that goal from the long throw. But, yeah, I thought we were well worthy of three points that night. 
yeah, it just feels so weird watching back because Nelson, who Curtis Nelson, who I think is our best player and has been our best player this season. I think he, he probably gets that accolade if the if the season stopped tomorrow. But yeah, basically passed it to I think it was Brannigan for the for the second goal, and and he's not done anything like that since, which is which is quite strange. And yeah, like you say, there doing the research before coming on tonight was expecting to see Mark Harris on, you know, double figures in terms of goals. But like you say, not not kind of scored since, which I found very strange. Has he been starting? What What's kind of happening for, for him? So, yeah, he, he is the, the number nine. Um, he did have a three-match ban earlier in the season. He got sent off against someone for a, an elbow, which it was. Um, and it kind of fell in that period where there's the international break and then there was... Papa John's or whatever it's called now. So it took him, it was almost kind of five weeks before he got back into the first team again. Um, and I think he's not, to be honest, he's not missed loads of chances. He probably missed all his chances in one game away at Leighton Orient. He missed four or five where you probably think he should score a couple. But, um, and this comes back to my point about not creating loads of chances. You know, he's not getting them and missing them. Realistically, we don't make too many chances. And I think a lot of fans' opinions are, well, just sign another striker as if we're suddenly going to start creating for a new striker. Um, but I think I must credit Harris with he, he kind of plays almost a little bit like Harry Kane that he does drop quite a lot. And he, he sets up some of our good moves and gets the ball out wide to our wingers and, you know, the creative players. Um, he's just not getting on the end of them. I think it's one of those. He needs one to kind of go in off his face from a rebound at a corner to give him a bit more confidence. Um and actually, if we were to sign a striker in, in January, the competition aspect might kick him on as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's strikers are such a strange breed. They can look like world beaters for a few games in a row and then kind of go missing. And he's kind of somewhere in between. He just needs a goal to get going again. Well, you know what's going to happen, don't you? He's going to score against Derby. And he'll well, probably be on the double again, something I'd, like that. I'd, I would take it. I would take it. <laughs> Yeah, so strange to to see that, but um, yeah, like like we've said, I think he looked like an absolute world beater that day, and that second goal, I think, was probably one of the the best goals that I've seen um, at Pride Park in terms of you know the the intricate kind of play and and working it working you know the the ball for for his kind of finish, which he took really well. So it's one of them that I think when we look at, at players to to watch out for, if it was based upon the last game, then. I think we'd have to put three men on Mark Harris, but as you've said there, not not scoring since I think potentially um, may not have to be as as worried as as, uh, as some people would be. I guess one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Is there any other players that we should look out for, Jack? Is there anyone else that over the course of the last couple of weeks has been has been playing well and is potentially a bit of a game changer? Yeah, so obviously we've mentioned Rodriguez, um, but the the player who's really come to light actually in the last few weeks since Manning left is Josh Murphy. 
So um, he signed at the beginning of last season under Carl Robinson, and he, I think he played for Robinson before. Um, and he came with a big reputation, having gone for kind of £11 million in his career. And especially when he was younger, he was deemed the better of the two Murphy brothers, the other, of course, being at Newcastle at the moment. Um, but for whatever reason, he couldn't really get going last year. I don't know whether it was kind of injury, whether it was kind of things going on off the pitch, whatever. But this year, he had a few um, kind of fleeting sub-appearances under Liam Manning and looked bright. And he got handed his first start of the season away at Reading last Tuesday, and he absolutely tore their fullback to shreds. Very much carried that on on Saturday against Burton. He just like he just looks like the kind of classic man repossessed. Completely looks confident with the ball. He's just missing that end product. So hit you know classic football term. He's due he's due an assist or a goal soon. Um, away from him, you know, we talked about Brannigan before. He he remains for me one of the best midfielders in League One. Um, he's just a guy who loves playing football, hence why he's still with us kind of four seasons later. And then probably the other one actually is is Marcus McGrain in midfield. So his uh career history cites Arsenal, Barcelona, um, your friends from down the road in Nottingham, but um he came to us on loan. Um, probably three seasons ago now and looked really bright and hasn't really reproduced it. But this season, he's, again, another man who, you know, might as well be a completely different person. He, he wants to get on the ball. He wants to drive forward. A lot of our good play starts with him kind of in front of that back four. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's the first time in a few seasons where we've got a lot of players that you can look at to produce performance. But I think the ultimate thing is, is when they all click, that's when we look the best side. Yeah, and do you think, is it the midfield that's going to win the game against Derby? Do you think that's where you, you see yourself winning the game? Um, potentially, I think I'll be I'll be really interested to see how Paul Warren approaches it, actually, because I thought at Pride Park, he surprisingly went really quite direct against us. Um, and that suited us that night because we had two kind of more brutish style centre-backs playing. Um the pitch at the Kassam's quite wide, though. So, obviously, you guys got people like Mendes, Lang, etc. You'd think he'd want to get them on the ball. And actually, I think we'll probably want to get our wingers on the ball as well. Um, try and move the ball quickly through the midfield and get it out wide. I think the tweak he made, uh, Buckingham made against Burst on Saturday was kind of pushing Brannigan a bit further forward to be involved in the play a lot more than he often is. Um, so, I think it'll be a really interesting game kind of between the lines. Uh, as I say, I think... Derby are quite direct against us at Pride Park and will, I don't know, when you've got players like Hurrihan and Bird, you want to get them on the ball as well. So, I th- yeah, I think the wide positions in behind the kind of fullbacks slash wingbacks will probably be the key. But I think if a Hurrihan takes the game by the scruff of the neck or a Brannigan takes the game by the scruff of the neck, perhaps ultimately, yeah, you, you are looking at one of them to kind of dictate the outcome. Yeah. And so how do you think that Derby could exploit Ox's weaknesses then? Um, again, I think it's one of them that we've got a lot of injuries at the minute. So we've got players like Marcus Brown, Carl Edwards, Sam Long, Greg Lee, um, Stefan Negru all missing. Um, so the squad's actually quite um, diminished at the minute. So with a lot of games in the build-up, I know Derby play... It's Thursday night against Lincoln, isn't it? So you effectively get that two days extra rest with how it works out. 
it might just be getting at players who've played a lot of football. Um, so, you know, again, talking about Mendes Lang running at fullbacks, etc. Um, I think really it will be about stopping players as much as playing to your own strengths. I think it will be stop Rodriguez, for example, um, stop a Stan Mills or a Josh Murphy on the wing, getting too much of the ball. And, you know, if, if necessary, kind of try and break the game up a bit. I don't think, you know, as a football fan, you don't particularly want to see it, but you understand why it gets done sometimes, especially away from home in what is, you know, potentially going to be a massive match for the the, the playoff scrap at, the, at an absolute minimum and depending on results, potentially the kind of auto scrap. So I think for Derby, it's probably about stopping the likes of Rodriguez getting on the ball, but looking to capitalise with the likes of Mendes Lang, get Collins kind of giving his centre-half a real scrap. Um, I, I like someone like John Jules, for example. I think he could give us quite a lot of problems. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it 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 has the makings of a really good game. I think I've always quite liked Paul Warren's approach to these kind of games as well. When it gets to kind of the business end, the Christmas periods and your last 10 games of the season, I think... He knows how to get the most out of his team. He certainly did at Rotherham. And yeah, I think next Friday could be a belting game. Yeah, I mean, we'll be hoping that happens. I think we've seen it in glimpses this this season. Um, and obviously, you know, the run we're on at the moment is is fantastic. Obviously, the result against uh, Wickham wasn't, wasn't the best uh, in terms of, you know, last kick of the game, conceding the penalty. But... I think if Derby are going to get in the playoffs or if they're going to look at the top two, you know, the, the games over the, the festive period are, are really crucial and, and Oxford away is going to be, you know, one one hell of a game. Obviously, we'll bring our, our numbers, so we'll have the, the back end of the Rams be behind them. Um, but yeah, I think obviously something's got to give there and hopefully we'll get a little bit of revenge for uh, Mark Harris's performance at, at Pride Park earlier in the year. With that in mind... What's your prediction for the game? Score prediction. <laughs> two two, I think. I think I think both teams will try and win the game, but I think ultimately it'll probably be a bit of a stalemate stalemate, but probably quite an exciting one. Um this is probably the kiss of death, but I don't expect anyone to kind of sit back and try and soak up pressure or anything. I think both teams will will uh, look to win it and I think you know two games of to go before then, obviously, but yeah, I think it's got the makings of a real good game. I think both teams have got the plenty of players who can and threaten, and I expect that to happen. So, yeah, I'm going to say two-two, and everyone will be entertained. Oh, entertaining game! Yeah, two-two is always always entertaining. Um, I think for me that the midfield is is where we we need to to kind of get a grip of the game. I don't think we've got anyone in there that can go and, and you know give a little bit. I think we're all a bit too nice and a bit too um, friendly in there. Ironically, I think we need Jamie Hansen um, that obviously came to, to Oxford. Someone that's going to throw a, a few kicks about and be a little bit physical. I mean, he'd definitely get sent off. But yeah, someone someone of that ilk, a bit more quality would be the the kind of player that I think Derby need to, to go and get in in January to, to you know, to... to to be able to compete with with some of the midfields in this division. Because like I say, I think we're a little bit too nice. But I'm going to go for a, a reverse of the the home game. I'm going to go for a, a 2-1 win, something late and great. And uh, yeah, Derby to hopefully have a, a good Christmas. I'm, I'm hoping for that. But we'll see what happens. It's Yeah, it's going to be a, a really good game. And, and Derby fans will be looking at that 
fixture list. Obviously, Oxford away, Peterborough to come at uh, um, on New Year's Day, and obviously Wigan away on on Boxing Day. There's there's some really good fixtures there. So, yeah, good uh, good times hopefully to be had. But but Jack, thanks so much for for coming on and, and talking to us a bit more about a bit more about Oxford. We might see you uh, in the playoffs, I guess, if you if you stick around, and if we oh. stick around, <laughs> I uh, I hope not because I get married the week after the playoffs to a Derby supporter, so uh, that could be a really interesting couple of weeks if that turns out that way. <laughs> One of you will be saying no at the altar if that's, well, the, uh, if that's the case. Yeah, I hope yeah. not. <laughs> but yeah, Jack, thanks so much for for coming on. If you have enjoyed this, um, please go like us on where you get your podcast from. Give us five star. Um, we will be back uh, reviewing, obviously, the, the game against Oxford next time out. Um, and like we said at the top of the show, hope you had a really good Christmas. And from me and from Jack, have a very good new year. See you soon. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.